Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 2nd is 2 Kings chapters 1 through 4. Now, King Ahab has passed away, and his son Ahaziah, or Ahaziah, has taken the throne, and he's wicked like his dad. He has a fall and is injured and is curious to know if he's going to survive. And so he sends messengers to go ask the prophets of Baalzebub. In the New Testament, many of our translations say Beelzebub, which is the Lord of the flies. Baal means Lord or master. It's like a God who doesn't care about you. Of the flies, Lord of the flies. And his messengers are interrupted by the prophet who says, why would you go back to the king and ask him, is it because there's no God in Israel that you're inquiring of this other God or these other gods? Like, what is the matter with you? And ultimately, it's because of his wickedness, because of his lack of faith, because of his turning to the Lord of the flies instead of Yahweh, the one who is and was and whoever shall be, that his life was ended. How many of us, when we're faced with something scary, Do we run to other people? Do we complain? Do we seek wisdom from other sources? Do we call in a talk radio show and want advice? Instead of turning to the God who created us and who loves us so very much and is intimately involved and aware of every single detail. Society teaches us to run to the world and all kinds of other places, but not to go to the one who's actually most able, most capable, and most caring. Why Why do we do that? In chapter 2 of 2 Kings, we read about Elijah being taken up in the whirlwind. But before that, Elisha, finding that Elijah is going to be leaving for good, taken up to heaven, he asks for a double portion of Elijah's mantle or his spirit, depending on the translation. And Elijah replied, you've asked for something difficult, but if you see me being taken from you, you will get what you ask for. And if you don't see me when I disappear, when God takes me out, you won't get it. But Elisha does see it. He does see the chariots of heaven appear and escort Elijah away. And it's so supernatural. It just... It's a reminder that the veil between this world and the spirit realm is very, very thin. Although most of us 
never open our eyes to see it. And it's a reminder for me, whenever I read about Elijah, Elisha, and these miraculous stories, it reminds me of the seers that walk among us today who have been trained by society to keep their mouths shut largely because people don't people will be quick to label them call them crazy label them schizophrenic or say they hear voices or something crazy but the truth of the matter is the spirit realm The supernatural realm is so much more real than this physical world, and the supernatural influences the physical even more than the physical influences us. That's why Paul writes, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against spirits and powers. Oh, to have a double double portion of a spirit of Elijah. Now, the other thing that this shows me and makes me think, we need community. Some of you have incredible spiritual power. You have incredible character. You have incredible wisdom. And unless you're in community, you can't share that with anybody. And we need that. I need it. We need each other. And the reverse is also true. Those who are lacking, we, number one, need to ask God as we are instructed to in James. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask. He gives generously to all without reproach. But we also need to be around other people because that's how God designed it. He wants us to work together, to recognize that we need each other to be humble before one another don't know how to share all my thoughts on these four chapters. (laughs) There's so much in here. Israel's king Joram, who replaced Ahaziah after he died, gets old Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, to go with him to battle against Moab, just like the king Ahab did. And they have to get Elijah to come out and prophesy some water for them so they don't die of thirst out in the middle of the desert. And Elijah tells them to dig ditches. And he says, you're not going to see it rain. You're not going to see the wind blow, but you'll get the water you need. Dig the ditches to hold it. So often God wants to provide for us through very unconventional means. But we're not out there digging the ditches be able to receive what God has in store for us, the way he's going to provide for us. Chapter four has the famous story that we all read in Sunday school about the widow's oil that was multiplied. Elisha told her, go and get all the jars you can, collect everything from all of your neighbors, and everyone you fill up will be Everyone you collect, you can fill with oil and you can sell the oil and live off the proceeds. And she did it. And I always wonder, I wonder if she had only wished she had collected more jars to fill. 
And then the story of the Shunammite woman and her miracle son. She is generous and caring and provides a place for Elisha. Elisha prophesies that she'll receive a son, even in her husband's old age. She loves the boy, and a few years later, he's a young boy, less than 10, likely, gets a headache, and he dies. She goes and finds Elisha, asks if Elisha had not promised her, and she said, please don't tease me when he had promised her a son. She reminds him of his word. Elisha spoke the word of God. Reminds us that we are to speak the words of God's promises back to him. God, didn't you say? Didn't you say, Father? And I trust you to keep your word. You're you're a God who keeps your word. And by her faith, her son was returned, restored, and returned to her. And I wonder what promise you have today, my friend, that has yet to be fulfilled as far as you can see. And what would happen if in faith and humility you went to our Father who is in heaven and said, God, didn't you say, fill in the blank, may he bless you as you seek him. See you tomorrow.